Good day and welcome once again to our Bible study. We're going to continue on in the Gospel of John, chapter 5. Today we'll be covering verses 11 through 17. And the title of today's lesson is Physical Healing Leads to Spiritual Healing. So let's kind of review from last week before we jump into today's lesson. Last week we saw where Jesus entered the sheep gate. Some of your Bibles, if you remember, it's just said he entered through the sheep right? In other words, he just walks in and he goes straight to this pool at Bethesda. And remember, there were five patios around this pool filled with people. And all these people, if you remember from last week's lesson, they lacked something. They lacked health, right? They were sick. Something wasn't right with them, right? See, they were around this pool because they were waiting for the angel of the Lord to come in and to stir the water. Because once the water was stirred, if you remember, the first one that can get into that pool didn't matter your sickness. It didn't matter what was wrong with you. If you were the first one to get in this pool when when the angel of the Lord would stir the water. Now, you didn't physically see the angel, if you remember, but they would see the water being stirred up. So you can say that these people, there were five patios around this pool. You can say they lived there because you didn't know when the angel of the Lord was going to show up. But when he showed up, the water would be stirred up. And the first one to get into that pool would automatically be healed. So we see that this was a place where God made his presence known, you can say, right? And if you remember, who wasn't at this place was the religious leaders, right? They weren't concerned about what God was up to, if you remember in last week's lesson. So we, we, we have this, this pool, and around this pool, we have this man that had been lame, the Bible tells us, for 38 years. Now, remember, the number 38 means something. Remember, numbers mean something in the Scripture. In other words, 38 means if one endures to the very end. In other words, and still believes and still trusts in the Lord, despite all the hardships, the trials, and the tribulations, then they're going to receive a blessing. In other words, God's going to give them a new beginning, right? And, I, and we kind of gave the message last week that, you know, when we go through trials and tribulations, what we want to do is we want that to end. We try to flee from it. We try, we try to say, just get rid of it, God, please end it. But we shouldn't think that way because God's putting you through that trial, through that test, through that heartache, through that difficulty, and you should be leaning more on God because your faith is growing more in God. And God says, if if you endure to the end, if you persevere to the end, there's going to be a new beginning for you. Amen. So Jesus asked this man, when Jesus walks through the sheep gate, pass by the sheep, go straight to the pool. He goes straight to this man. See, Jesus knew this man was going to be there. Jesus knew what was wrong with this man. And he tells this man, he asks this man, do you want to be healed? And, and of course, you know, he wants to be healed. But he tells Jesus, he kind of uses an excuse because although he wants to be healed, he believes that he can be healed, but he can't never get to the pool fast enough because he's lame. He can't walk. He's dragging himself to the pool. And he tells Jesus, of course I do, but I can't get to the water fast enough because somebody always beats me into the water, right? You see, this man was only looking at his problems being solved through his own perception. In other words, he's thinking the only way I can be healed is if 
I'm the first one to get into the pool, but the problem is he can't, right? And, and, and Jesus asked him, do you believe in me? Do you believe that I can heal you? Not this water in the pool, but me. And this man says, yes. And Jesus tells him, then get up. Take your mat or your pallet, right? The, the little bed that he was staying on. He says, and go. Leave. See, but that, that was a problem. Because all this happened on the Sabbath. And according to the Pharisees, right? A Jew could not do anything on the Sabbath. Now, according to the Torah, according to the law of Moses, right? The only thing that that states, and the book of James states, and also the prophet Jeremiah talks about this, that one couldn't do commerce on the Sabbath. In other words, you couldn't make profit. You couldn't do business. So really, Jesus didn't break the Torah. He didn't break the law of Moses. But the reason the religious leaders said this was because of their man-made rule, the traditions of the elders, right? See, according to their man-made rule, it was a day of rest. According to them, nothing could be done on that day. But the Torah doesn't say that, right? So this is why the religious leaders, they get upset with Jesus. They get upset with this man because Jesus healed this man on the Sabbath. So you're going to see into today's lesson that the reason that Jesus healed on the Sabbath was for a purpose. Because he knew the, he knew the Pharisees and their traditions of the elders and their man-made laws and their man-made rules. And God wants to give them an example of who he really is, Jesus. That he is God, Emmanuel in the flesh. He's God is with us, right? Because God started the work and Jesus is going to finish even though if it's on the Sabbath. Because God never stops working, even on the Sabbath. So with that being said, open up your Bibles to the Gospel of John in chapter 5. And we're going to begin in verse 11. So let's read verses 11 through 17 first. But he answered them, the man who healed me, the man said to me, take up your bed and walk. And they asked him, who is the man who said to you, take up your bed and walk? Now the man who had been healed did not know who it was. For Jesus had withdrawn and there was a crowd in the place. Afterwards, Jesus found this man in the temple and he said to him, see you are well. Sin no more that nothing worse may happen to you. And the man went away and he told Jesus, that it was Jesus who had healed him. And this was why the Jews were persecuting Jesus. Because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, My father is working until now. And I am also working. So let's go back to verse 11. Starting in verse 11, the scripture tells us, But he answered them, the man who healed me, that man said to me, take up your bed and walk. So we see that this man tells them, I really don't know who healed me, right? Because, I mean, I'm only doing what this man said, and I don't know who this man is. Now, why is this important, right? You see the word healing in there? Because healing is taking place. And more often than not, when Someone is healed. It is a sign of godly activity. You see, these leaders, they should have said, 
great. It's a miracle. You've been healed, right? So what's the problem, right? I mean, they should be excited that they witnessed this miracle. A man that had been lame for 38 years, he's all of a sudden healed. See, these are one of the prophetic signs of the Messiah, that the Messiah would come and that he would cause the lame to leap, but also not to walk, but also praise God. So in this passage of scripture, we see a man that was lame and now he's walking. He's completely healed. But the religious leaders never see this. They never realize this because of their rules, because of their religion, because of their man-made law. But you see, there are a lot of people just like these religious leaders, just like these Pharisees, right? They miss out on really what God is up to. They miss out or they deny the truth. They deny the word of God because they're not married to Jesus. They're married to a religion. And we need to be very careful of that, people, that Jesus comes first place in our life. And again, I'm not anti-religion. I have nothing against religion. I think we're all uh, affiliated with some type of religion. But what is your relationship with Jesus according to that religion? Do you worship religion or do you worship Jesus? What is the most important thing? You see to these Pharisees right here, a miracle had just taken place. But, but they didn't realize what God was up to. They didn't realize that Jesus was the Messiah. They didn't go back to prophetic truth. They didn't go back to the word of God because they so caught up in their religion, in their man-made rules that they missed it. And, and Jesus wants us to see here is that we can't get caught up in our religion and, and miss what he's up to in our life, what God wants to do in our life, what Jesus wants to do in our life. Amen. Verse 12. And they asked him, who is the man who said to you, take up your bed and walk? Do you see this phrase, take up your bed and walk? Over and over and over. What's being emphasized in the text? And it's not by chance, right? It's to tell the reader that something important is coming up. Why? Because of the different understandings of the law of Shabbat, of the law of the Sabbath. In other words, one that comes from the Judeans, the religious leaders, who follows their, their man-made rules, the law of the elders. But we also see one that comes from God. See, the beauty of these passages, this right here, that one has to understand the culture of the Jews. You see, this is still practiced today. And according to the traditions of the elders, right, today in Judaism, they, they give prayers, the Jews do, on the Sabbath day. And why? Because their prayer is that God would hear them. And God would not only hear them, but heal them, even if it's on the Sabbath day. Now, this, still, this, this is still in works today because unless it's a matter of life or death, right? Doctors don't work. They don't practice medicine on the Sabbath. Unless it's a real emergency, right? What are they going to do? They're going to wait for the Sabbath to be over. So they still follow this law, this man-made rule, right? But you see, God never stops working. God can heal whenever he wants to heal, right? You see, just as God heals on the Sabbath, and the Jews, to even today, they still pray on the Sabbath for God to heal. And Jesus is here, and it tells us who he really is. That he is God with us because he heals on the Sabbath. Amen. 
So going back to the verse, you see the religious leaders, they ask this man, who healed you? Who told you to take up your mat? Who told you to walk? Right? They, they want to know who told them so they can have Yeshua arrested. That's why. Because according to their man-made rules, Yeshua broke the law. But although he really didn't, he broke their one of their hundreds of man-made rules that they have. This was just one of hundreds that they added to the commandments of the Lord, to the commandments of God. Verse 13. Now the man who had been healed did not know who it was. For Jesus had withdrawn as there was a crowd in the place. Now the word know here is very important. Because this word no means remote. In Hebrew, it means far from or far away, you can say. So if you look at the text where it says, now the man who had been healed did not know who it was. This man who was healed, his understanding of Jesus, right? It tells us right here because the word no in Hebrew means far away, right? Or far from. We can say that his understanding of the truth, his understanding about Jesus and who he really was, he really didn't understand because he was far away from the truth. He was far away from Jesus, right? He didn't know that Jesus was the Messiah. We also see here that Jesus leaves, right? He comes into this place. He goes straight to the pool. He passes up the sheep gate, goes through the sheep gate, passes by the sheep, goes to this pool. And, and, and heals this one man. Now, there's hundreds of people that are sick. But yet he just goes to this one man. And after he heals this one man, he just leaves. See, I can just imagine Yeshua. He walks to this man. He asks this man who had been lame for 38 years, right? Do you want to walk? Do you believe that I can heal you? Not this water, but me. And this man says, yes. But I can't make it to the pool fast enough. And Yeshua says, do you believe that I can heal you? And the man says, yes, I can. And, and Jesus says, get up and walk. Take, take your mat and go. Now, just imagine this. There's hundreds of people there because there's five patios, right? And, and all these people have something in common. They lack something. They're sick. They're not healthy. And I can see all these people running to Yeshua. I want to be healed. Please heal me. Heal me, right? But Jesus, what he does, he heals this man. And as soon as he tells this man, get up and walk, and this man gets up and he starts praising God. He starts praising the Lord because he can walk. Jesus does what? He turns and he leaves. He leaves the area. Verse 14. Now you might say, why does he leave? How come he doesn't heal other people? Because I'm fixing to get to that in a second. Jesus had a purpose of why he healed this particular person, this particular man. Right, because obviously it was a sign that he was the Messiah, because that's what the prophet stated that the Messiah would come and heal the lame, but not only heal that the lame would jump for joy and praise God. And this is exactly what happened here. But there's another reason that Jesus heals this man, and it's on the Shabbat, and we're going to get to that in a second. Verse 14 Afterwards, Jesus found them in the temple, and he said to him, See, you are well, sin no more, that nothing worse may happen to you. Now, go back to that phrase up there. It says, afterwards, Jesus found them in the temple. Now, this is where it gets very interesting, right, in the scriptures right here. See, 
Last week, we said that Jesus in chapter five was up in the Galilee, right? And he was up in the Galilee and he was teaching, he was healing, he was revealing truth. In other words, he was revealing himself that the light had come into this world, like the prophet Isaiah had prophesied. It was there, it was he. But he leaves the Galilee and he goes down to Jerusalem. And you might ask why? Because of a festival that was taking place. The Feast of Unleavened Bread, right? The Passover festival. See, there was a requirement that every Jewish male attend one of the three major festivals. In other words, they had to go to the temple and they had to bring a sacrifice. They had to make a sacrifice. So the question is this, right? We need to ask ourselves this. If Yeshua was an obedient Jew and he goes up to Jerusalem during the festival, then where is his sacrifice? Now we know that Jesus is going to be the sacrifice. He's going to be that sacrificial lamb. But that's in a few days from now, right? Here, if he goes to Jerusalem and he goes to the sheep gate, like the Bible tells us he did, and he passes the sheep, then how come he doesn't bring a sacrifice, right? Well, this is where we're going to answer the question in a second, right? Remember the context. Remember, Jesus goes to Jerusalem. And where does he go? You see, everyone that was attending this festival, they had to pass through the sheep gate. But you see, Jesus, he goes through the sheep gate, but he does something different. He goes right by the sheep, but he doesn't stop there. He goes to the house of loving kindness, to the house that shows mercy of grace. He goes straight to the pool of Bethesda. And, and those people who were there, they, they were there because they wanted to be there because this is where God was present. This is where God was moving. They wanted to be restored, you can say. You see, everyone would go to the sheep and they would stop at that gate and they would select the sheep, right? And there was a great significance in selecting your sheep. Remember, people would spend hours looking, picking out a sheep because they were looking for that perfect one to give to God, to offer up to God. But Jesus, he goes right by the sheep and he goes straight to this pool where they have hundreds of people that are sick. But he goes to this one particular man and what does he do? Now remember, it's the, it is a festival, right? The Feast of Unleavened Bread. And you have to bring an offering to offer it up to God. So this is Yeshua's offering. This man. But you see, there's one problem here. This man was not perfect. This man was incomplete. He was broken. You can say he lacked. He had blemish. He had spot. He couldn't walk. He was lame. So what does Jesus do? Jesus didn't say, Yeshua didn't say, oh, this was no good. I'm going to reject him. I'm going to toss him to the side, right? He didn't say that this man isn't important. He didn't go looking for the next perfect one. No. You see, we're a lot like just this man. We're just like this man because all of us are broken. All of us have a blemish. All of us have a spot. We all have problems that disqualify us. See, we're all sinners. We're separated from God. You see, the only way that, that Jesus can present you, me, this man, to our Heavenly Father as an offering is if you are healed through him. 
So what he's basically saying is, do you want my offering? And that's what Jesus is asking us today. Do you want him to heal you? Maybe not physically you need to be healed, but all of us need to be healed spiritually. Amen. Let's go back to the scripture. Afterwards, Jesus found them in the temple. So we see here that Yeshua is healing, right? It, it brings this man in the presence of God. In other words, this man was able to worship God in the temple, something that he couldn't do for 38 years. In other words, you can say that this man approached God. And for 38 years, he couldn't do this. You see, Jesus rescued this man. He helped this man. Jesus restored this man. And because of this, this man is worshiping and he's praising God. Remember, for 38 years, this man endured suffering. But for 38 years, this man never gave up hope. Right? He was at that pool. And every time the water stirred, what he tried to do, he drug himself to that pool. But after 38 years, he's kind of given up a little hope, but he still wants to be healed. He still believes that he can. He believes that this water can heal him. See, his mindset was wrong because it's not the water that heals. It's Jesus that heals. Amen. And no matter what situation you're on today, you're in today. Quit thinking by your own thinking how it's going to get better. Right? How are you going to be restored? Focus in on Jesus. Focus in on God. You know, when Peter walked on water, what did Peter do? As long as his eyes were looked upon the Lord, his master, G, uh, Peter was walking on water just with Jesus. But the minute that Peter took his eyes off of Jesus, right, and, and started looking at the storms around him, and his, his eyes got off of Jesus, what did he do? He started to sink, which tells us that as long as our eyes are on Jesus, focusing in on Jesus, believing on Jesus, right? That Jesus will fight for you. Jesus will prevail in victory for you. Jesus will heal you. Maybe not physically, but spiritually. And that's really what counts. Because where you're going next is really what matters. This earth will come to an end at some point in time, right? And the eternal kingdom of heaven is our ultimate goal and where we want to reach and where we want to be. And the only way to get to that goal, the only way to get to the eternal kingdom of heaven is through Jesus Christ himself, amen, and believing. Going back to the scripture, second half of that scripture states this, and said to him, see, you are well. So Jesus sees this man. In the temple, he's worshiping God. He's praising God. Jesus sees him and he says, you are well, sin no more. That nothing worse may happen to you. Now, some of your Bibles might say, behold, that you have been healed, right? Now, behold means something important, right? Will be stated or something important will happen. So this teaches us about a kingdom quality that comes upon us, right? And it's ongoing. In other words, it's supposed to be eternal. That's what he's saying here. This has great theological importance to us if we want to be healed. You see, like I said before, maybe some of us need a physical healing, right? And maybe you're perfectly fine as far as your health. But I'm going to tell you what we all need. We all need spiritual healing. 
We all need the forgiveness of our sins. We all need to be saved. We all need to be redeemed. And the only way to do that is through Jesus Christ, Yeshua. And Jesus tells them, sin no more, that nothing worse may happen to you. So Jesus is saying something very important here. He's saying, you have been physically healed. And now, through the truth, it has been revealed to you a very important principle that you aren't supposed to live in sin. Now, what has been said over and over and over in this passage, the Bible tells us, Jesus tells us, man, pick up your mat, pick up your pallet, and go, walk, leave. Now, the religious leaders, they believed that Jesus had violated the Sabbath, but really Jesus didn't. See, the law stater have dealt with issues of commerce and business for the purposes of making money on the Sabbath. But Jesus didn't do this. But Jesus knew what he was doing when he healed on the Sabbath because he knew it would catch the attention of the Pharisees, right? And, and he wanted to make a point. And the point is this. Jesus was telling the Pharisees, why are you emphasizing man-made interpretations of the law? In other words, what you think the Sabbath is about. Now remember, Sabbath relates to kingdom. So the message here is this, right? We see that they have the wrong understanding of the Sabbath and of the kingdom. They didn't see the importance of what was happening here, that Jesus was healing this man. You see, this man had been lame for 38 years, as I stated before. He's paralyzed. He couldn't walk. Yet Jesus comes in. He goes straight to this man. He heals this man. This great miracle takes place. But this man needed an even greater miracle. He needed his sins forgiven. That's what the message is here, right? The man was delighted to be physically healed, but he had to turn from his sins. He had to seek the forgiveness of God. He had to be spiritually healed. God's forgiveness is the greatest gift that we will ever receive, amen? Verse 15, the man went away and he told the Jews that it was Jesus who had healed them. So we see that this man, he leaves the temple after talking to Jesus. Remember, Jesus healed him. He's praising God. He's worshiping God. He goes to the temple. He approaches God, something he had done in 38 years. Jesus meets up with him, and Jesus tells him, you are healed physically. Now go and sin no more, right? Jesus is telling him, you have to have the right relationship with God. I, I did it. It's through me. Now you got to stay close to God. You got to stay close to me. You got to stay Close if you want to reach the eternal kingdom of heaven. So when Jesus tells him this, man, he leaves and he spreads the good news about Jesus. He does exactly what a good disciple is supposed to do, a follower of Christ. He spreads the good news. He talks about Jesus and the goodness of Jesus. Let me ask you this question right now. Are you spreading the good news about Jesus today? Are you going around jumping for joy and leaping, right? Because you've been spiritually healed. And you spiritually healed because you're in constant prayer. You spiritually healed because you constantly repent of your sins. You have that intimate, close relationship with God, right? Through prayer, through repentance, amen? Through the word of God, through the truth. So are you spreading the good news about Jesus today? Or are you being that good disciple that Jesus calls us to do? Calls us to be. Verse 16. And this is why the Jews were persecuting Jesus. Now, when we talk about the Jews, it talks about the religious leaders here, right? Because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. So we see that the leadership 
was persecuting Jesus and the leadership wanted Jesus to be put to death. Why? See, although Jesus did a great thing, he did a miracle, he healed this man. It wasn't what they understood or wanted, nor would they have done because they, they didn't care, right? Instead of sitting down with Jesus, Yeshua, and talking to him, right? Learning from him, listening to him, listening what he had to say. They don't do that. They accuse him of breaking the law. But remember, he didn't break the law. He didn't break the commandments of God. He didn't break the Torah. He broke their man-made rule, their man-made law from the traditions of the elders. You see, they didn't understand what God was up to. They were missing out on God's revelation. Why was they missing out? Because of their religion. Because of their man-made laws, their man-made rules. They were more concerned that someone broke their man-made rule than really the truth of God and what God was up to. Verse 17, last verse 4 today. But Jesus answered them, my father is working until now and I am also working. See, what he really is saying here is this. What he did on the Sabbath day was a continuation of the work of his father, was the work of God, right? And, and the Pharisees understood this. See, but they weren't willing to receive it. Why? Because of their man-made rules. Because it was part of their religion. See, let us not be blinded by religion, but instead commit to the truth. Let's commit to the word of God. Let's commit to Yeshua, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. See, another way that you can look at this scripture and its meaning is this. What if God just stopped working on the Sabbath? Just think about that. In other words, nature would fall into chaos and sin would overrun the world. Right? And Jesus was explaining that when the opportunity to do good, in other words, when the opportunity presents itself to do God's work, that it shouldn't be ignored, even if it's on the Sabbath. See, another way to look at verses 16 and 17 is this way. The Jewish leaders, they witness a great miracle. They witness a great healing. But they weren't worried about that. Because they were worried that their man-made rule had been broken. See, they threw the miracle aside and they focused more attention on their religion. So to them, the rule is more important than actually God working and this miracle taking place. See, their man-made rule was more important than what God was up to, you can say. Because they weren't interested in what God was up to could, because they so stuck on power. They so stuck on their traditions of the elders. They so stuck on their religion. They put religion first before Jesus, before the Messiah. See, God is prepared to do great things for you. God wants to do great things in our lives, right? But, but we can shut that out from him working his miracles, right? By him working through other people to get us well, to get us spiritually to him. That's how God works. But sometimes we miss this, right? Because our focus is not on God and Jesus. Our focus is on how we want things to work out how we want in our mind to work out, right? 
So again, God's prepared to do great things for you. But we can shut his work out. We can limit his miracles because of our views of how God works. That's what I'm trying to get you to understand. See, we need to rely totally upon God through his son, Jesus Christ. We need to trust. We need to submit to the truth, submit to his word. Why? Because Yeshua is the truth. See, don't deny truth. Don't deny the word of God by believing in religious man-made beliefs. Focus on the one and true living God. And that's through his son, Jesus Christ. Amen. And that ends our lesson for today. We're going to be back next week. We're going to continue on in the gospel of John in chapter five. We appreciate you all tuning in. Go be a blessed, go be a blessed blessing for someone this week. Go, go be the light that shines, right? Because Jesus calls you to be the light. Jesus calls us to be the salt and the light of the world. That through the goodness of God, that we're safe by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Go be that disciple that draws people to you so you can lead them to Jesus where they can be led into the kingdom of heaven. We love you guys until next week. God bless.